0: Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. To kick off, a challenging message for our time from a pretty unlikely place. It's rare for a senior Aussie politician to venture into this area with such a direct, even countercultural message. The message is about marriage, urging married people not to be too quick to run from marriage. It's countercultural because marriage rates are down, divorce rates are up. One third of children are born to parents who are not married, and divorce and separation mean a significant number of children lose contact with one, maybe two, of their parents. Marriage is a sacred covenant, but to many it looks less and less so. One third of marriages are ending in divorce in Australia. The former Howard Government Minister and Federal Shadow Minister, Kevin Andrews, has authored a new book called Maybe I Do, Modern Marriage and the Pursuit of Happiness. Kevin's been married for 33 years and has five children. In the book, he challenges lots of current perceptions of marriage, that it isn't just a piece of paper, and our kids are suffering in their health, education and well-being when marriages end. And we're up for an open house conversation on this tonight. Your take on marriage in two thousand and twelve, on divorce, maybe out of personal experience, as a husband, wife or child. I expect lots of what Kevin Andrews has to say will get us thinking deeply, so join the conversation one three hundred forty twenty twenty or post on our open house community Facebook page. Kevin Andrews, welcome to open house.
1: Thank you very much, Lee.
0: Kevin, what got you thinking about marriage in two thousand twelve?
1: It's really something I've been thinking about for the best part of 30 years. Um, My wife and I have been involved in uh, helping in conducting marriage preparation programs for about three decades. Uh, And indeed, it was interest in marriage and family that motivated me to put up my hand for federal parliament uh, a bit over 20 years ago because I was concerned about the trends at that stage.
0: And yet, what would you say you've been able to do about that?
1: It's always difficult to measure these things. I've served on a number of parliamentary committees that have looked into various aspects of marriage and family. I was on the original committee that looked at the child support agency and made recommendations for changes then. and we also uh, I also chaired the uh, committee that looked at how we could strengthen marriage and relationships and Some of the programs that came out of that in terms of increased funding for things like marriage education, counselling, the family relationship centres, I think there have been an improvement. But uh, this is a cultural trend which is occurring, not just in Australia, but throughout the Western world, and that's why I wanted to re-examine it in this book.
0: From looking at it deeply, as you have, why do you think there's been such a cultural trend, probably going back up to 50 years, I'd say, certainly since the social revolution of the 60s.
1: I think it even goes back earlier than that, Lee. Uh, If if you look at the way in which we have seen things culturally since the Second World War, first of all, we've been very strong about rights, but I'm not sure that we've also been prepared to talk about the corresponding responsibilities. And then you had the cultural revolution from the 1960s Mm. Uh, with uh, you know, the advent of no-fault divorce and more recently the quite significant increase in uh, people having children out of wedlock and uh, even without uh, a father being around.
0: Mind you, there were some who remained in very difficult even abusive marriages because of the stigma that was attached to marriage breakdown in past generations.
1: That's true and uh, nothing in the book uh, is advocating that we shouldn't have divorce. Obviously there are circumstances where uh, there are difficult relationships where there might be violence involved etc where there's no other option for the parties but my argument i suppose is do we provide the same amount of attention and encouragement for marriage and even overcoming difficulties that arise in, in fact all marriages that we do for divorce
0: and education is that one of the keys to keeping marriages together
1: i believe it is uh, in fact i have advocated a number of policy proposals and some of them are around education for example Uh, I've said that, you know, we have sex education in schools, but we don't have a lot of relationship education. Uh, There's obviously a need for education around parenting. Uh, It's quite a significant change and indeed a stress for most couples when they have a child. Uh, We do a lot of education around the birth itself, you know, what birthing involves, uh, but what, what happens in terms of the relationship and the stresses at that particular time. And then I think we need to also have... Uh, more education for couples uh, contemplating getting married. I think about a third of couples in Australia do some form of pre-marriage education, but that means that two thirds don't. And then when marriages do break down and most people or many people move into some form of step family or repartnered relationship, Uh, That again involves a whole lot of stresses with higher breakdown of those relationships than even the first relationships. And I think we could do more about educating people at that stage.
0: Once people are in marriage, have they lost a bit of the art or the ability to work at marriage or work at especially conflict in marriage that it's become just easier to walk away?
1: I think there's an element of that. I mean, there's some social science research, and I should say that this book is based on hundreds of social science uh, studies. It's not me asserting things. It's really collecting and distilling what the social science is about. But there is some social science research that there is a tendency to um, give up on relationships at some stage, and that's why I think we need to be supporting people at various stages in their life cycle.
0: As I said, marriage is a sacred covenant. That is just what it is. Is one of the dynamics at work here, the growing secularisation of our society? It's seen just as that piece of paper a marriage certificate?
1: Uh, indeed there is. I think that uh, we we are obviously a more secular, less religious society than we were a generation or two ago, and uh, whatever people think about particular, uh, religions, nonetheless, they did have a sort of moral foundation for the society in which we live, uh, and I think that's changing at the present time.
0: Can I talk about children and the impact on children? Is there really a way to measure the effects of a marriage ending or divorce on both children, but also the parents as well?
1: Yes, uh, and again, this comes from hundreds if not thousands of social science studies that clearly show that being in a a stable marriage is the optimal condition for the raising of children. Uh, Equally, a whole series of studies show that there are more risks associated for children, for their health, for their happiness, for their educational and occupational outcomes uh, in, in the case of divorce. Now, that's not to say that Uh, This will happen for every child. In fact, we can't predict what the outcome for any particular child might be. But what the studies show overwhelmingly is that for this group or cohort of children, then there are greater risks.
0: In this day and age, it's a challenging thing to say that a single parent can't do that job as well of raising a child.
1: Uh, Look, many many single parents are doing uh, a very heroic job, often in very difficult circumstances, in raising children uh, and doing it successfully. And again, uh, we can't predict the outcome for any particular child, but again, we know that as a cohort, there are more risks for that group of children.
0: You've come up with a list of reasons that people use to justify not getting married. I wanted to go through some of these with you just in bullet point form. Yes. Number one, we have to move with the times. What do you say about that?
1: Well, this implies that all change is progress. Uh, Quite clearly it's not. If all change was progress, we wouldn't have a lot of the social pathologies that we've got in our society at the present time.
0: Another one of these is that marriage is a male conspiracy to subordinate women.
1: Uh, Well, I think most people welcome the fact that The changes that have occurred over the last few decades, for example, that women can participate more equally in the workforce, that they can take opportunities that they may not have been able to take in the past, uh, are very welcome. But there's also unintended consequences uh, of the breakdown of marriage, and one of those is the increase in female poverty.
0: There are some who try to sideline this kind of conversation by saying, well, this is just a religious argument.
1: Well, if you look at the uh, the studies, uh, they come from a range of social scientists right across the Western world, some of whom have a religious belief and some of whom have none. So to say that this is simply religious, I think, misses the point. Uh, marriage itself is not uh, just a religious institution. In fact, uh, you can go back to Aristotle and the ancient Greeks and others who basically propound marriage as a pre-political institution, yes, uh, various religions have embraced marriage and blessed it, but it's something which has exists throughout history.
0: You also explore the reason we're unmarried and the children are fine, and that might well be true.
1: Uh, yes, in some cases that is true, but uh, as I said, uh, first you can't predict for any particular individual, but secondly, uh, the social science research is now... Uh, as conclusive as any social science research will be, and that is for this group, there are increased risks.
0: There's also the argument that you identify that this is just a return to common family structures of the past.
1: Uh, well, that's not true. Uh, there's been a number of studies that show that the uh, incidence of uh, unwed childbearing has uh, increased quite rapidly in the last decade or two. Uh, and that doesn't reflect the situation of the past.
0: So what's been the response to your book and these thoughts that you've put out there so far, Kevin? How's That's it been has
1: been quite, quite positively. Um, one never knows with a topic like this, which can be contentious yes. as to how people will take it up. But uh, I've written it, I think, in a reasoned way. Uh, it's not uh, opinion. It's based on, as I said, uh, hundreds of social science studies. Uh, the evidence is there, and my aim, I suppose, is that we should have... A society wide debate about these issues. Uh, the costs alone are enormous. The costs of marriage breakdown in Australia are probably somewhere between six and ten billion dollars a year. If, it was, if that was any other subject, it would be discussed in the media, it would be headlines in the newspapers, it would be the subject of current affairs uh, reports on a very regular basis, but for some reason, Uh, We're not discussing this important issue for so many people.
0: I'm interested and intrigued about the title of your book. As I said before, maybe I do, Modern Marriage and the Pursuit of Happiness. Why have you added that last bit, the pursuit of happiness? What's that got
1: to do with it? Uh, I think people are essentially seeking happiness in their lives. Uh, It's a common human yearning, I suspect, for all times to love and be loved. Uh, And that's, in a sense, that happiness that we all seek.
0: And yet, happiness is not a simple thing, is it?
1: No, no, it's not. And uh, uh, indeed, in the last chapter, I look at, you know, what is happiness? Uh, happiness is more than just a romantic feeling that brings people together. In fact, if, it, if a relationship is based simply on romantic bliss, well, then it's going to get into trouble. It needs something more than that.
0: So you're saying we kind of need to redefine happiness or our concept of happiness?
1: I think we need to think of happiness in a, in a broader perspective. It's, uh, it's what overall uh, makes us content about uh, life, uh, and that might be a whole range of things for different individuals.
0: From all the work, the study and the thinking that you've done about this, are you optimistic? Is there a way that the rate of marriage breakdown can be turned back and people re-embrace marriage in a way?
1: I am optimistic. Uh, I'm naturally an optimist. Uh, I think there have been occasions throughout history when there have been difficult social problems and issues, and if people start to talk about them, then um, that's a a stage towards getting back to, I think, a better outcome. Uh, I, I don't think anything is inevitable in terms of these issues. Uh, people still aspire to happiness. Most people, not everybody, but most people still aspire to marriage. Uh, they aspire to lifelong marriage. So it's a question of how we can help people to achieve that.
0: So let me ask you this final question. You've been married for 33 years, as I said, living the life of a senior politician for many years. I think many marriages would and and do struggle under those kinds of pressures. What's your secret for keeping a marriage together?
1: Well, I don't have a blueprint, Lee, but I think the three things that are important are first, commitment, um, secondly, generosity towards uh, each other, uh, and thirdly, and maybe most importantly, forgiveness, being prepared to say, um, I mucked that up, uh, I'll have another go.
0: Kevin Andrews, very much appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us tonight on Open House. My pleasure.